Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Well, hey, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Eagles on the Hill. Search for us on YouTube and hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. You can also follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and join us as we follow Jesus and draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. Well, we've done a couple of podcasts here about the Hamas-Israel conflict in the Middle East, and uh, today is another one from a different perspective, and that is uh, we've been looking at seeing just uh, oftentimes shocked by some of the demonstrations and rallies that have taken place not only here in the United States, which is uh, shocking to us who live here, but around the world and capitals around the world, Australia, London, all over the place, uh, rallies in favor of uh, not just the Palestinian people and their cause, but rallies in favor of Hamas, rallies against the Jews specifically. And these things, uh, well, they strike us as kind of bizarre and frightening. We're surprised perhaps at the uh, vitriol that comes from some of these rallies that are uh, pro-Hamas after the slaughter of 1,400 not only Jews, but Arabs and other internationals in Israel on October the 7th to have people then hit the streets within a couple of days of that and begin to protest in favor of what happened there. We say, what is going on? We even have protests, rallies, queers for Palestine, gays for Palestine. It's unbelievable, actually, if you've been to Israel. Tel Aviv, which was uh, is on the coast of Israel, formerly called Joppa in uh, Old Testament times. Tel Aviv is a uh, metropolitan city. It's the San Francisco of the Middle East. Uh, LGBTQ plus people flock to Tel Aviv because there is great freedom there. Uh, rallies held there for LGBTQ plus uh, movement and people. And so uh, queers and gays welcomed in Tel Aviv. If you tried to have a queers for Palestine or gays for Palestine rally in the Gaza Strip, why people would not last a day. They'd all be murdered because you can't come out like that in Islamic society. So what is going on there? Well, we want to pull the curtain back a little bit, take a look at why, uh, what is the worldview behind these rallies? Why are these things happening? And uh, basically going to give you three different uh, pieces of the background of these rallies. And at each rally, depending on who's organizing it and who's in it, each of these uh, three pieces plays a, a different part, uh, maybe a more prominent or less prominent part. So one thing that's going on here with these rallies is simple, old-fashioned anti-Semitism. Uh, for years, for the last 70 years, kind of cloaked in anti-Zionism against the state of Israel, but actually, all along, I believe, it's anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism has been around for thousands of years. It shows up uh, famously in the scriptures in the book of Esther as Haman uh, in the book of Esther, desires to put to death all the Jews. And um, the whole book of Esther is about how God raised up Queen Esther for such a time as this to save the people, the Jewish people. And uh, of course, we see this happening with uh, the Romans and the uh, the first century, the sec early second century. Uh, Romans, uh, just they've, they've been fed up with the Jews 
And so there's uh, thousands upon thousands of Jews put to death, all the way up, of course, most famously to the Holocaust uh, with Hitler uh, slaughtering six million Jews in the Holocaust. Uh, Jews talk about how in every generation there arises someone who desires to eliminate them, to put them to death, and today is no different than any other. And so Hamas is the modern-day version of that, desiring to eliminate Jews from the face of the earth. So some of this is just basic anti-Semitism that comes out, shocking to us. We, we always say, well, it could never happen again, but you know what? What happens before happens again. History repeats itself because we don't learn from history. We're all sinners, no better uh, than those who came before us. So that's part of it. Another part of what's going on is a teaching within Islam called, uh, or a saying within Islam, uh, uh, called Dar al-Islam, the house of Islam. And what that means is the Dar al-Islam is the places where Islamic rule is in effect. And uh, what's happening here with Hamas is kind of a perversion of that teaching about of Dar al-Islam. That teaching is that where Islam uh, is uh, ruling, that from that point on, Islam should rule that piece of turf, that land. And so uh, when, a, when a piece of land joins the house of Islam, then it is forever part of the house of Islam and must always remain so. Now, typically, uh, Jews, Christians, others are allowed to live in those areas called the house of Islam, at least traditionally, although they would have to pay an extra tax and they would be uh, second-class citizens in those lands, but nevertheless, they could live there. Um, today, what you see with more radical Islamist views, including Hamas, is the idea that if you do not convert to Islam, you cannot live in the house of Islam. Now, the Ottoman Empire ruled what is currently modern day called the nation of Israel. The Ottoman Empire ruled there for hundreds of years. And so the land that is currently Israel was at one time part of the house of Islam. Well, if you heard what I said, once a land is part of the house of Islam, it is always part of the house of Islam, and Islam needs to rule and reign in that place. And so there is a desire, uh, a belief among Muslims that that land should be ruled uh, not by Jews or by Christians or anybody else for that matter, but only ruled by uh, people who subscribe to the religion of Islam. So that is uh, part of what's going on with these rallies. Um, the view of Hamas is, I think, expressed well by a guy named Ghazi Hamad. Uh, he is a member of Hamas's political bureau. So he's not, you know, Hamas tries to have this distinction between political side and the military side. But this is a guy who's part of the uh, uh, Hamas political bureau. And on October 24th, on the Lebanese channel LBC, this is what he said. He said, Israel is a country that has no place in our land. We must remove it because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe to the Arab and Islamic nation. We are not ashamed to say this. And he said further that Israel's existence was illogical. In other words, because how could they be in control there when it's part of, the, of Dar al-Islam? and that it must be wiped off of all Palestinian lands. So in other words, what he's advocating is the saying, from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. In other words, all Jews must be wiped out. He was asked whether this meant the complete annihilation of Israel, and he replied, well, yes, of course. 
So that gives you a sense of the uh, beliefs that Israel is currently battling in the Middle East and that are currently being promoted by these rallies, these demonstrations around the world and most uh, sadly on the campuses here in the United States. The third piece of, uh, of the, what's behind the curtain, and, and this is perhaps what's most prominent on our campuses and our universities in the United States, is something we, I forget if I've talked about this before in the podcast, but we should have. If we didn't, we should in the future. Critical theory. Critical theory, you might recall being talked about as critical race theory that uh, became prominent uh, in the American consciousness during the Black Lives Matter uh, riots a couple of years ago. But nevertheless, critical theory, there's all different kinds of critical theories, not just critical race theory. But critical theory is a very unbiblical view of the world. Critical theory views the world in this way. It divides humanity into groups and views people as part of the group that they're part of rather than as individuals. So it essentially denies the fact that we are all unique individuals created by God and instead views me, views you, views others as part of whatever group they're part of. So in my case, I'm a white, male, heterosexual. So that describes what kind of group I'm part of and how I'm tagged. The second thing that critical theory does unbiblically is it views all of life through the lens of either you are an oppressor, part of an oppressor group, or you are the oppressed, part of an oppressed group. And uh, those people don't change groups. You're either in a group or you're in a different group, and all groups are either oppressor or oppressed. Following on that, all oppressors are evil, and everything they do is evil. All the oppressed are good. They essentially, what you would call a biblical category, they cannot sin. So the oppressed don't sin. The oppressed are good. All oppressors are full of sin, full of evil. And so how do you deal with this? Well, the oppressed need to rise up against the oppressors. And anything that the oppressed do is considered good. Can you see where this is going with Hamas? Hamas is the oppressed in this view. Israel are the oppressors. Kind of bizarre because they just got through the Holocaust where six million were killed. But anyway, Israel were the oppressors. So therefore, anything that the oppressed, the Palestinian Hamas group, does to the oppressor is good. And we support that. We go out and rally around it. That's where, that's this logic that's coming out now on university campuses in the United States. So the worldview of critical theory, if you're following this, says that what's wrong with the world is there are oppressors who are oppressing the oppressed. How do you make that right? Well, revolution. The oppressed, which are good, all everything good is the oppressed, rise up against the oppressors, the evil oppressors, and overthrow them. And peace and love break out in the world. Well, we know as Christians that that is simply uh, false on a whole host of fronts, not the least of which is that once the oppressors rise up against the oppressed, well, they're sinners too. We know they're sinners, but that doesn't come up in critical theory. That's a biblical worldview. But when the oppressors take over, peace and love is not going to break out. Things are just going to go from bad to worse. We see that with Hamas ruling in Gaza, and they do not rule on behalf of the Palestinian people at all or for their good, but they are simply ruling according to an Islamist worldview 
and all their energies are focused against the Jews rather than for their people. We see this also, this uh, critical theory view come out in a strong sentiment of anti-colonialism because, of course, colonies, the colonial empires, are the oppressors, and uh, certainly nothing good came from them. I would dispute that. Of course, there was evil there. There's also good. Human beings are a mixture of good and evil. But nevertheless, the view is that the colonial empires were all evil because they're oppressors. And so anything that the oppressed do to rise up against these colonial empires is a good thing. How is Israel, then, an oppressor and not the oppressed? We would look at Israel, the Jews, and say, we, in fact, we said that earlier, they've been oppressed. People have been trying to uh, eliminate them, annihilate them for thousands of years. They certainly seem like the oppressed. Why are they categorized as the oppressor? Well, they're categorized as the oppressor because of how they got the land they're on. The United Nations split up the land in the Middle East into the countries of Jordan, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, and Israel. Well, all the other countries are Arab. They're part of Dar al-Islam. They're Islamic, no problem. But Israel was, in, in this view, foisted on the Middle East by the British and other members of the United Nations, and therefore, there, it's their tie with Western nations, with Britain, the United States, Western Europe, victors in World War II, World War I. It's their tie with those people that moves Israel from the oppressor, from the oppressed to being the oppressor. And that's how that happens. Well, that's where we are. What does the biblical worldview say to close this out? The biblical worldview says that we're all sinners doesn't matter whether you're a person who oppresses others or whether you're a person who's oppressed. We're all sinners. We're all in the same boat together. We're all individuals. We stand before God judged as individuals. We're all sinners. How are we saved? By the death and resurrection of Jesus. For each one of us individually, we receive his gift of forgiveness individually. And what is the result of that? We're able to live at peace with one another as individuals because under the cross of Christ, we are all the same. Very different worldview with very different outcomes than the worldview of critical theory, the worldview of Islam with Dar al-Islam, the worldview that accepts anti-Semitism. We have to admit, Christians have not always lived out this worldview. Christians, for instance, have been involved over the centuries, very often in anti-Semitism. Uh, so we've not always lived this out. That's not the point. Uh, the point is that the Christian worldview is what will finally bring peace, bottom line. So we need to understand that the Hamas ideology that's being promoted, that's being supported here, is not about a fair settlement between Jews and Palestinians. We should certainly be supportive of a fair settlement between Jews and Palestinians trying to bring about peace in the Middle East. What's being promoted is the Hamas ideology, the critical theory ideology, of genocide against the Jewish people. So what we're seeing in these rallies is not uh, a cry for Jewish and Palestinian rights to be balanced equally between uh, the two groups, but we're seeing cries of from the river to the sea, which we've talked about on this podcast before, as being a genocidal uh, statement urging annihilation of the Jews. We need to pray as Christians for a miracle, for, for two, for three miracles, actually. We need to pray for Arabs and Jews, to be able to live side by side in peace. 
More importantly, we need to pray for Arab Muslims and for Jews who don't know Jesus to come to know him because he is the Prince of Peace. He is the one who gives the gift of eternal life and can enable individuals to live at peace with one another. And finally, we need to pray for God's peace and protection for our Christian brothers and sisters, many of whom are Arab, even living in the Gaza Strip, and also for those Christian brothers and sisters of Jewish background as well, even though we must know that there's not as many of them as there are Arab Christians. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We want to encourage you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Give us your comments, thoughts. Uh, Give us ideas for future podcasts as well, Uh, even angles on this story that we haven't yet covered. We want to encourage you to remember as we close that those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles. Trust his promise in that today. Thanks for listening.